three persons in one. Yet they go to explain that Christ is not God and God is not Christ and Christ is not the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is not Christ and yet they are. And Billy Graham is probably the most honest Trinitarian in the world. He said that the Trinitarian is a mystery and nobody can understand it and that's the truth. Trinity is a man-made mandate and a man-made doctrine and the best way to spell Trinity is confusion. It's a part of the Tower of Babylon. That's what it really is. And the father of it all is Nimrod. Praise God. When you come in this church, you didn't get confusion. When you come in this church, you're going to get the truth. How many of you want the truth? You want the truth? You're going to get the truth. They, there's, and I'm going to tell you something else. Us and the Trinity Church are not brothers and sisters. I had an old Pentecostal preacher. He calls himself Pentecostal, Trinity Pentecostal preacher. He said, now, Brother Elder, you couldn't take me to court because I'm your brother. I said, well, you messed up real bad, buddy. You ain't my brother. I say, you and I were born in separate houses. The God that I serve, you don't even know. I wasn't going to take him to court anyhow. I don't even remember what come up in the conversation that he said I was going to take him to court or something. I don't know. He must have been worried about something. Or other. I don't know what he's worried about. Hallelujah. It wasn't even in my mind to take him to court. I guess he's just going to check me out and see if I could because I was his brother or something. I don't know what he's going to do. But anyhow, I let him know before he got out of that uh, restaurant that day I wasn't his brother. I told some of the men in this church one of the most confusing passages of scripture in the whole entire Bible to me is Lot calling those homosexuals his brother. Said, now brethren, do not this evil thing to these holy angels. My God, I'd have said, you bunch of reprobates, get out of here before I get my shotgun. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But he called them brethren. I'm going to tell you, some of you folks act like some of these Trinitarians as your brothers and sisters. You better quit acting that way. Them ain't your brothers and sisters. You better find out who your real brothers and sisters are. We're your real brother and sister. We're your real family. That's if you want in the eternal family. How many of you want in the eternal family? Hmm? Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to establish these things I just said. I want you to turn your Bible open to the book of Isaiah. And we're going to read out of Isaiah. And you're going to see from the book of Isaiah, the 44th chapter. How many of you ever get confusion in your head? 
Oh, yeah. We get confusion in our heads. Thank God for prayer. How many of you like to pray? If you really pray sincerely, you can get that confusion out of your head. Praise God. When I start getting confused, you know what I do? I go to the Lord in prayer. That gets rid of it right there. But in Isaiah 44, now Isaiah the 44th chapter is a very unique chapter in the Old Testament. You see, we start off in the Bible with God creating the heavens and the earth. And we start off with God calling a man out. And, uh, and first of all, we've got the great man Noah. But right behind Noah comes the man Abraham, man full of faith. And then right behind Abraham comes a man full of, of power with God, Moses. And so we start off with the God that created the world. Then we start off with the man that was found faithful to God when nobody be faithful to him. And because of it, God saved us in the world. If God had never saved Noah, buddy, you and I wouldn't be here today. Amen. And then after that, God created a man and said the same thing again, separation. You know, when you come into the church, a lot of people have problems with separation. Separation is holiness. How many of you want holiness to get a hold of you? So when you feel the pressures of separation, don't fight and resist it. Let it take its perfect work in you because it is God perfecting you. If you fight against separation, you can never attain holiness. Some folks try to hang on to the old world with one hand and try to reach into the heavenlies with God with the other hand. It'll never happen because you've got to cut this off to attain that. Praise God. In other words, you have to let go of the earthly to receive the heavenly. Praise God. Let the perfect work of God rule and reign in your lives. Don't be afraid to let go of things. Because you're going to get better things. How many of you want better things? Hallelujah. Now, in Isaiah, the 44th chapter, it's a unique chapter. Because... God is coming back to a nation that's transgressed, that's in confusion. Uh, do you know that a lot of times people wander away from God because they're confused? Confusion will get you to where you don't have no hope, you have no confidence, you have no future. You have no foundation. You have no direction. There's one thing you don't want is confusion. And one reason why, you know, we got some women that are perfectionists. If you run around with Brother Elder, you'll find out I'm not a perfectionist. Amen. The closest I ever come to it is in our daily walk with God. I think we ought to live for God. How many of you believe we ought to live for God? 
But if you come and see my garage right now, you'll know I'm not a perfectionist. It's not like I'd like it to be, but it's like it is. And uh, you go to some folks' house, you'll find out they're not a perfectionist. But you go to some folks' house and they're, you, you could uh, eat on the floor probably and not get much of a disease. All the, they spend all their time making that house spotless, yard immaculate, kids immaculate. Themselves, when they come in, they look like they was born in a model magazine. And they want to live for God that way. They don't want any errors in life. They don't want any problems in life. They don't want anything to obscure the way they think things ought to be in life. And I feel sorry for them kind of people. Because sooner or later, they're going to find out the world was not created that way. And they're going to be confused because their world will not be like they think it ought to be. I don't think you have to live in a crummy, dirty house that looks like my garage. Thank God my wife don't keep the house like I keep the garage. Couldn't handle that. Praise God. But, and I think we ought to have our lives more organized because it makes it a better place to live. But I don't think that we ought to have things so rigid. That pretty soon when it's all broken, we're wondering, you know, you can get to the place you get your eyes on the preacher or get your eyes on a man in the church or a woman in the church. And we're all human beings. Every one of us are. And we all do something that somebody else don't think we ought to do. Because there's not a one of us in here that's perfect. Even though I'm your pastor, I'm not infallible. I'm not the priest. I'm really your priest. But I'm not the Pope, thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Pope's the only man I know on earth that's infallible. <laughs> per se. If you knew the truth about that, you'd wonder why I'd even say that. Amen. What I'm saying is because we set such stringent guidelines in our lives, and that's good. Go ahead and set them. But whenever they're broken, don't run around so upset you never figure out why you crossed a line you couldn't set. But you become a confused individual. 
Come on. Find out what God's doing with your life. How many of you want to find out what God's doing with your life? Huh? Man, I'm going to tell you what. Finding out what God's doing with your life right now, especially while you're young, is really a great opportunity. There's places that God can use young men and women in this church and in this city if they'll dedicate themselves to God. Not if you hobnob and play around, live in confusion, and, but if you dedicate yourself to God, there's a great place for you in the kingdom of God. Amen. But before you dedicate yourself to God, you've got to get what I'm teaching you in your heart and mind because you can never do it. Now, when you read the 44th chapter of Isaiah, look at this. Here is a God that's coming to a people. But you see, some of those people weren't there when the walls of Jericho fell down. They weren't there when the Red Sea opened up. They weren't there when David captured Jerusalem. David did what was supposed to have been done hundreds of years before he was born. Praise God. Because God said, I will put my name in Jerusalem. It was a heathen city until King David took care of it, but he captured it and made it God's city, and it is yet today. But here is a nation that has got so confused. Now look at this. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessings upon thine offsprings. God is looking upon a people that's dry and thirsty, and wondering where their God is, and all this stuff. Now here. And thou shalt spring up among the grass as willows by the water course. Now the fifth verse is the one that gives the secret to all this. One of them in Israel shall say, I am the Lord's. A true believer who's somehow or another retained what Abraham had. And another shall call his name by Jacob, said, Jacob's our father. That's what they kept doing to Jesus while he's walking around on the face of the earth. Jacob's our father. And then another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord and surname himself Israel. Praise God. They're going to walk with God in three different ways in one country. But now I want you to hear this verse. God said, I'm going to straighten you all up. You're a bunch of confused people. And in the sixth verse, thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel. You better understand that Jehovah God is your King, Israel. You hear me? Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer. I'm your Redeemer. The Lord of hosts. 
I am the first and I am the last. This is Jehovah God talking. I am the first and I am the last. Do you understand that if I sit in here this morning, I was the first and I'm the last, that leaves all you out? And beside me, this is Jehovah God talking, and beside me, there is no God. Now the Trinitarians will tell you that Jesus is a separate God at the right hand of God. But God said, beside me, there is no God. That's what God said. That's a lot different than what the Trinitarian said. How many of you believe the Bible? Huh? You believe the Bible? I believe the Bible. The Bible is my establishment. Praise God. I'm going to stand on the word till the day I see Jesus Christ in the clouds of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Beside me there is no God. Now, read the eighth verse. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Now he's telling the nation of Israel that's confused. One saying I am of Jehovah God, the other one saying I'm Jacob, and the other one saying I'm Israel. And he's saying to them, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it, ye are my witnesses, Israel, of all the nations on the face of the earth. You're the witness. Is there a God beside me? I'm reading now the Bible, folks. How many of you believe the Bible? He said, is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. Now God said, God said, I know not any. Now if God doesn't know any other God, how's come man does? And while I'm on this, where's it at, Brother Charles and James, about the devil? Two what, 19? Everybody turn to James 2.19. Now I'm just, I'm just reading to you out of the Bible this morning something. And I want to ask everybody in this church something. That was God that just spoke out of his Bible that I just read. And God said, there's no other God said, I know not any. What's James 2.19 say? Thou believest that there is one God. If you believe that there's one God, what? You're doing good. You're doing well if you believe there's only one God. Why? The devils also believe. Because the devils know. And tremble. 
and they tremble. Now I want to ask everybody in this church something. If God knows there's only one God and there's none beside him, and the devil knows there's only one God and beside him there's no other God, where in the world did man come up with the idea there's more? That's the only thing in the world that I know of that the devil and God agree on. And outside of that, I can't think of another thing that they agree on. Huh? The devil knows there's one God in fear and tremble. God knows that he's God and ain't none beside him. On the right hand, the left hand, the top side, the bottom side, and man comes along and says, now because there's the Holy Ghost and there's Jesus and there's God, so I can understand that I gotta make each one of them like me. How many of you want to know the truth about the word of God? Huh? Huh? Praise God. Now, in Psalms 148, Read with me. Praise ye who is the singular. Some of you teach in school around here is the singular. Praise ye, praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Psalms 148, I'm in verse five. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Who is he calling them? The angels, the stars, the heavens of heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded, he commanded and they were created at his command. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning God said, let there be, and there was. Now, go back to Isaiah 44, and let me show you something. I already told you that this was a confused people, right? And God is trying to straighten up this confused people. Isaiah 44 is a very unique chapter. 
in that God is trying to reach his people. Let me tell you something. You might be confused, but God will still be reaching for you. He knows you're in confusion. This young man painting our buses, he walked up to me. He was an altar boy in the Catholic church for years upon years upon years. His brother's a Catholic priest. He walked, and he don't want nothing to do with the Catholic church, but he's really turned off the Catholic church. And I said, that's the best thing that's ever happened to you. You might find truth now. Praise God. But uh, he was talking to me the other day, and, he, and I'm trying to get a Bible study with him right now. And I told him, when I was with him the other day, you're in confusion. But the Lord's brought truth to you. Oh, I hope to God, Butch, that you live for God in front of that boy because he thinks the sun rises and sets in you. I hope you really live for God in front of him. If he comes to God, it'll probably be because of the way God turned your life around and he knows it's the only thing that could turn his around. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. How many of you thank the Lord for what he's done in your life? Praise God. And here is Israel in confusion. Turn to me now to Isaiah 44 and verse 23. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout ye the lower parts of the earth, break forth into singing ye mountains, O forest, and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. Now thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God, thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb. I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself. God's talking to a people that's in confusion. And he's telling them Turn back to me, your hope, your salvation, and your strength. Only one God. We're the most blessed people in this city, especially you that have the divine revelation. I look at some of these new saints in here. They don't have it. They don't have it. Somebody said, why didn't Betty stick? She didn't have it. Brother Louise is searching right now. He don't have it. Sister Ruth thinks this is a wonderful church, but she don't have it. These people are not going to stay in the truth unless they get it. You got to be established on the rock. Jesus Christ is the rock. He's the rock. That's in a weary land. How many of you glad you found the rock in a weary land? Woo! He's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. He's the rock in the weary land. Hallelujah. Now, this was the Old Testament. How many of you know what the Old Testament stands for? 
The old will of God. That's what testament means. The old will or the will. This was the old. This was God establishing that he created the heavens and the earth. This was God establishing that if you would not separate from me, but you'll be faithful to me when I destroy the earth, I'll save you. This was God establishing the fact is that if you're faithful to me, I'll make you the father of many nations. This is the fact is that I'll take a people out of the world for my namesake. And so therefore he established in the earth a people for his namesake called Israel. And if you would to go down through this, these are all types and shadows of things yet to come. And when you understand that God established a nation and made a people, but now the new will is he's established a people in the earth that'll make a nation. And you're not going to get in that city, the new Jerusalem, until you're saved. And somebody said, well, I'm saved. No, you're not, honey. You're converted. You know, when you're saved, if you was drowning, when would you be saved? Huh? When you was on the ground, a well, and live. And I'm going to tell you when you're saved is when you're over there in the new Jerusalem walking on streets of gold. That's when you're saved. You made it through. You made it through this wilderness. Hallelujah. You made it through and you kept the faith. Praise God. You made it through and you kept his name. Hallelujah. You made it through and you loved holiness. Amen. You made it all the way through because you purified yourself in the blood of the lamb. You washed yourself. How many of you get down in this altar and wash yourself in the blood of the lamb? Huh, you had anything to repent of lately? You remember what I preached last Sunday on repentance? You better keep using it. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. They washed themselves in the blood of the Lamb. And they made it over. And they're walking on streets of gold. Now the new will of God is this. Somebody turn to Matthew, the first chapter. We're going to be priests in his house. That's why we got to be holy people. If we're not going to be holy, we can't be in his house because we're priests. Hello? I don't know what some of you poor folks did last night. I know what probably Brother Tracy did last night. Brother Smith, they probably worked last night, but some of the rest of you folks should have went to bed. Praise God. Read Matthew 1 and 26. 1 and 21. And she shall bring forth the son. And she shall bring forth the son and shall call his name Jesus. Jesus. For he shall save his people in their sins. 
from their sins. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? The New Testament. The new will of God. The new will of God. Uh-huh. You gotta get out of sin because Jesus Christ didn't come to save us in sin. He come to save us from sin. Now, who is Jesus Christ? Read Matthew 1 and 23. Who is Jesus Christ? Behold, a virgin shall come forth and shall call his name what? No, Emmanuel. And shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is who? God. Who is Jesus? God is God with us. What God? The God of the Old Testament. He established the old will, but now he's coming in the new will. Hallelujah. Are you excited about this at all? What in the world do you get excited about on Sunday night? That's what I get excited about. When I'm singing and I'm getting excited, that's what I'm excited about. I'm redeemed. How many of you are glad he saved you from your sins? Now, in St. John chapter 14, that is one of the very unique chapters of the New Testament. Because we use parts of that chapter, we know in part. But if there is a chapter in the Bible that goes together, it's St. John 14. Because in St. John the 14th chapter, Jesus starts off with, I go to prepare a place for you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the Trinitarians believed the 14th chapter of St. John? They don't believe it. But in St. John 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in us. Huh? You believe in God, believe in what? If you believe in God, believe in who? Now isn't that strange that Jesus would say that? Well, if you're God, I guess, I guess that's not strange. But I couldn't say if you believe in God, believe in me. Because I'm not God. Hello? Let not your hearts what? Why? Because I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Wouldn't it be wonderful Trinitarians believe this? I will come again and receive you unto ourselves. 
Huh? Oh, he never gets, this is Jesus talking. Don't you think God's gonna get a little upset if he takes away everything from God? Well, he would if he was a Trinitarian, but since Jesus is not Trinitarian, but he's God manifested in the flesh, it's not upsetting him at all. I will receive you unto myself. Hallelujah. Let's go on and read this a little bit more. I love these Trinitarians. They just don't come to me no more. When I first come to this city, they come to me all the time. And, and I made them read the Bible like it was written, and they just couldn't stand it. And, they, and I know the words out in town that if you go see him, you know, I had a Trinitarian Pentecostal preacher come to me because somebody put something on the sign out there. I think, you, I think it was you had to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved or something like that. I don't know what it was out there on that sign, but it sure got him all upset. Oh yeah, that's what somebody put on that sign out there. Trinity is a man-made religion. Oh, that made that Pentecostal Trinity. There ain't no such a thing. Look in your Bible. You'll never find a Trinity Pentecostal. That's a weird animal. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. There's no such a thing. But but he come to me and, and I made him read the Bible like it is. And, and he said, well... Tell you one thing, you sure know that Bible. It's not hold, it's not hard to know the Bible. What's hard is is to twist it up and know it. You know, if you read the Bible and you believe what you read. I, I never have read a Lewis Lamore book in my life. I ought to go read one so I know what's in it. But I have read about Buffalo Bill and <laughs> Oh Brother Westberg got in the corner in our last board meeting and said I want my back against the wall. I said, Don't worry, Buffalo or Wild Bill. Hiccup. Said, We ain't gonna shoot you today. You can sit with your back anywhere as you want to. Hallelujah. Yeah, I read about them stories. And you know the funniest thing about reading them stories? I didn't walk off and say, well, Wild Bill Hiccup, he didn't mean what he said. He, 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 you know, he really didn't get shot in the back like that. He, he got shot out there in the street in a gunfight. That's the way people interpret the Bible. They read it and they say, well, it really don't mean that. What it means is what I think. How many of you think it's about time we read the Bible and take it like it is and says what it says? It don't mean how you think or I think. It means what it says. And Jesus said what? Where was I at, Brother Butch? Read it. Yeah, read on. Now he starts talking in riddles here. 
You know why he talks in riddles? He wants to stir up your curiosity, get you thinking. And whether I go, you cannot go. Why can't we go? We've went with him everywhere he's went. Where's he going now? Read. And the way you know. Do you understand that the 14th chapter of St. John is, I go to prepare a place for you. That's what the whole chapter is about. But now listen. If, if you don't get what he's preaching, you're not going to find the place he prepared for you. That's what the whole chapter is about. Now he's throwing out a riddle to them. He wants to get up their curiosity and get them to thinking, and he gets one going all right. Listen to this. Read on. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. Lord God, you're hard to keep up with. We can't tell whether you're walking on the water or whether we're on the road to Damascus. <laughs> Read. Oh, but Thomas, you're saying just exactly what Jesus wants you to say. How can we know the way unless thou show us? Read. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No man comes to me, what? But by my Father, but by my Holy Ghost. <laughs> but by the word it said by me you ain't coming to me but by me I am the father and I am the Holy Ghost read on and I'm going to establish something that if you're going to find the way that I prepare that's what you're going to find out read if you know me Wait a minute, you must have passed up the eighth verse. Oh, okay, read on. And if you know me, you should have known my father also. Read on. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Oh, Lord. He throwed, he throwed something at him, didn't he? But wait a minute, he said, I'm going to prepare a way for you. Now look, what he was saying is, is what I said to you today when I started preaching. Boys, I'm fixing to leave here. I ain't gonna be walking with you no more on the shores of Galilee. That's what he's telling them. I'm fixing to get out of here. I'm not gonna be with you anymore. But I'm gonna tell you something, boys, before I leave. I gotta make sure you know who I am. I'm preparing a way for you. I want you to walk. Right along. Or in other words, what, what I'm doing, you got to preach. What I'm doing, you got to teach. You got to let everybody know who I am. Amen. I'm not just another man that came and walked on the face of the earth. I'm not going to be like Buddha. I'm not going to be like Facetious, whoever he is. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm not going to be like Siam Moon and and all these false gods Amen. and all these false men that the Hindu serve and the, and the Mormon, I mean the, the uh, Muslims serve. 
Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I, I'm not like any other man. I'm God. I'm God. Manifested in the flesh. And stirred up old Philip. Old Philip got to thinking around. He said, uh, uh, hey, Jesus, we've been walking around with you for a long time. We've traveled up the road to Damascus with you. We've been out on the Sea of Galilee with you. Listen, we've followed you all the way up through Jericho and across the deserts and into Jerusalem and into the temples and everywhere. But we ain't never seen your old man. Hey, why don't you show us your daddy? Jesus started grinning right then and there. He, he, he knew Philip didn't have it. Hey, we got folks in here that don't have it. That's about time you get it. Because this is a rock this church is founded on. Hallelujah. He knew, he knew 12 men. He chose out and one of them was a betrayer. He already chose him for that purpose too. But you see, these boys has got to get it because I'm building my church on this. And I'm telling you, son, what I'm teaching you this morning and what I'm preaching you this morning, the gates of hell can't even shatter and tear it apart. How many of you understand that what I'm preaching to you and teaching you this morning is what your salvation rides on? I'm not in confusion this morning. That bunch of clowns out there in Babylon, they can chatter about their religion and chatter about their God and chatter about their fun and chatter about everything they got, but they can't shake me because I know who the true and risen God is. I know to whom is my strength and to whom is my salvation. Jesus, Philip looked at Jesus in that eighth verse and he said, Lord, show us the Father and it'll just make us so happy as suffice us. <laughs> well, bless God, we've been wanting to see your pappy ever since we met you. What Jesus say to him? Didn't he give old Philip some startling news? What Philip say to him? And the waves to settle down. Philip, you was down there when I stopped the funeral and raised that dead boy out of the casket to life. when I stooped down in the ground and made some mud balls and put them in that man's empty eye socket and he went away with 20-20 eye vision. Philip, who else can do these things but God? Philip, have I been so long time with you and you don't even know who I am?
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've got goosebumps on my back. If it ain't doing nothing for you, at least it's doing something for me. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, Brother Al? I don't even know what you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. You better find out what I'm talking about. We love you. We appreciate you. But if you don't find out what I'm talking about, honey, you won't be around here one of these days because this is a rock that keeps us. Read it. Have I been so long time with you? Yeah. And ye has not known me, Philip. I don't paint you as black shoe polish. You keep reading like that. Read. Ye has seen me, has seen the Father. Yeah. Wait a minute. Let's don't run by that. He said, Philip, you, you, have I been so long time with you? He that has seen me, Brother Tracy, I want to ask you something. If they seen you, have they seen your daddy? <laughs> well, if you seen me, you sure ain't seen my daddy. My daddy's a little old skinny thing, all shriveled up like a prune, walking around on a crane. You ain't seen my daddy. Would you seen me? My God, Jesus is the only one I know of that could ever said, if you see me, you see my Father. Well, you know what he's saying? Hey, do you understand that my daddy created me? Do you understand that? Do you understand my daddy created me? Well, some of you smart enough to figure that out anyhow. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus was absolutely telling that bunch of people, Hey, if you seen me, you seen the one that created me. Ain't no way I can say, you seen me, you seen the one that created me. Uh-uh, that wasn't in my power, honey. If I don't do nothing except stir you up this morning, bless God, it's been worth you coming to church anyhow. Well, what's the difference between you and the assembly of God, Brother Elder? I'll tell you what the difference between us and the assembly of God is. The difference between daylight and dark. That's right, we're the daylight and they're the darkness. Hallelujah. Whew, how many of you are glad for this marvelous light that's been shed upon your path? Are you glad for this marvelous light that's been shed on your path? Ain't no way you can go sit in a Trinitarian church and be saved. Not if you know the truth. Now, if you're a big-eyed dummy, you might go down there and sit, but you can't be saved. Hallelujah. You might tell yourself you can be saved. Now, brother, won't you come into this marvelous light that I've got in my soul this morning? I can't even go down there and sit, let alone tell myself I'm going to be saved. I mean, you get up and listen to all that stuff they're preaching down there, you know it's a bunch of, I'd just as soon be in a pool hall shooting pool somewhere. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, once you come into this marvelous light, 
Once you come into this holiness and truth, whoo, it's exciting. I guarantee you I can shout more about this than I can anything that goes on in here. Well, I ain't even half through with the 14th chapter. We haven't even got to the preparing of the way yet. All we got to is the revelation of the light. The whole 14th chapter of St. John is on true salvation. How many of you want this down deep in your heart, mind, and soul? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't believe that Jesus is God, it's, it's a sin. I forgot where it's at. I think it's St. John, what is it, 43. He that believeth not that I am he, he shall die in his sins. It's a sin not to believe that Jesus is God. And them bunch of Trinitarians don't believe that Jesus is God. Now I want to ask you something. Are they saved in their sins? Say, Brother Elder, you're hard on them Trinitarians. I am not hard on them Trinitarians. God's Bible's hard on them Trinitarians. God's Word's hard on them Trinitarians. And if you think I'm hard on them Trinitarians, you just wait till the day of judgment comes. You've got one horrible awakening coming on seeing who's really hard on them Trinitarians. You're going to find out that God's not just slobbery love dripping and drooling with love. You're going to find out that he's a God of judgment and that he loves his word so much he won't even cross it. He said in Psalms, he said, my word have I magnified above my name. Bless God, you better figure that out. You can take his name and heal cancer. You can take his name and cause the dead to rise. Somebody say, I don't believe that. I don't care what you do or not. I've seen his name using the dead come to life. I've seen it. Uh, well, I ain't never seen it. I'm sorry. Uh, with this flimsy kind of Pentecostal bunch of people we got today, you'd be happy to see God heal pimples. I grew up in real stuff. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've seen God open blind eyes. I'm not asking you something or telling you something I read about in a story. I'm telling you exactly what I've seen with my own two eyes and seen and none. I know a man that God stretched his leg out over two inches and he got rid of his big old high heeled shoes and walked in normal shoes. Brother David White that sit in this church for years had a broken arm and when they prayed for him the bone went back inside and was instantly healed and so was the wound too. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why Brother David White still believes in God so strong day. We got a young man sitting right over there that God healed of epilepsy. Only one I know of. I've heard other people get up and say, well, we've got them too, Brother Elder, but I don't know of any of them that the doctor said they're healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's got papers saying he's healed. Hallelujah. Come on. 
I'm telling you, my God's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. But before he gets that live and real inside of you, you got to get on the rock. you got to know who you're praying to, who you're talking to, who you're trusted in, who you got your confidence in. Let's go. I lean on nothing but my God. That's it. If I hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. You're just not as half as great as my God. I love you. I ain't gonna treat you wrong. I'm gonna do my best to treat you right. But there ain't no way you can stand up my God. Hallelujah. He's healed me too many times. Woo. Read on. All I'm gone is revelation. I'll tell you what, you ever get revelation, you'll get excited. Ain't nothing gets you excited like revelation of God. So well, I've already got the revelation. That's your problem. You think you've got it. If you get down in the Word of God and start digging and studying, I want to ask you something, Mother. You've been in this church as long or longer than anybody in here. Have you got all the revelation? No. Are you? You're still in your 60s, ain't you? What, 67? Praise God. 67 years old and ain't even got all the revelation. Been walking with God with the Holy Ghost since 1946 and ain't even got all the revelation. Well, a lot of us are sitting in here saved. Got our arms folded. I got the revelation. My God, Brother Elder, what's wrong with Sister Elder? What's wrong with you? You got a little bitty, bitter revelation. You got excited and quit. I'm telling you, I read that Bible. It's better than any beefsteak I ever ate in my life. It's better than any fried chicken you ever ate. It's better than Mom Carriker's salad. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that Bible is the best thing I've ever got into. Oh, it feeds me. You need to get in that Bible and get on your knees and pray. It won't be dull, honey. It'll come to light and get you so excited you won't know whether you're in the flesh or what you're in. I haven't even got to where I'm going. I'm just preaching on Revelation. Not the book of revolutions on revelation from God. You know what we need in here? We need revelation. God does love me. God is interested in me. God has saved me. God wants to lead me. God, huh? Come on. Come on. My God, butch, read a little bit before I go crazy. Oh, I'm going to go crazy anyhow. Listen to this. Believest thou not that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I speak. Hey, I want to ask you something. Philip, I want to ask you something. You've been around here with me. The words that I speak. Shut up, wind. Is there anybody in here this morning who can walk out there and tell the wind shut up? Huh? You wait till you get married, you'll really try. 
Anybody in here tell a dead man get up? Quit acting like you're dead? Huh? A guy laying beside the pool for 40 years. All he has to do is touch the water, but he's so lame, he can't even touch the water. And Jesus walks up to him and said, Get up off of the stupid bed. Take your bed up and go home. He looks at the Lord and just believes what he said. Crawls off of it. Anybody in here ever try to walk after not walking for 40 years? You think that won't blow the doctors and the, what do they call them, people that train you, you know, go down to therapy, the therapist. Uh, I'd like to tell the therapist that story. Hallelujah. Huh? What do you say? The words that I speak, Philip. Did you ever know anybody else that speaks words like I speak, Philip? Some of us get worried about our God. We better quit worrying about our God and start worrying about ourselves, huh? Ain't nothing wrong with our God. He's well able. All we need to do is get wrapped up in him, huh? I said all we need to do is get wrapped up in him, right? Read on. Read on. Read on. I just preached that. Read on. Oh boy. Wait a minute. I'm building a church. I'm building a church. You see, you get this in me. Come on, Jesus is saying, I'm going to get this in you, Philip, because you see you're going to even do greater works than I'm doing. (laughs) I mean, that verse gets everybody's mind boggled. Come on. Hallelujah. He gave us power. You know what's wrong with us? Don't use it. I keep looking in the mirror every year, thinking, well, one of these days I'll have to. They bought me two or three electric razors. I gave them away, because I just like to slap that old lather on there. I can cut them whiskers off faster than you can fire an electric razor up. Get a good shave on top of it. But as you get older, brother, you get wrinkles in your skin, you know, you get dimples in your chin and all that kind of stuff. And it's hard to get that razor through there without hacking the old rooster to death. I keep thinking one of these days I'm going to have to go to that power 
whether I want to or not. You know what? I've had those electric razors, but they never did do me any good. You know why? Huh? You got any idea why they didn't do me any good? I never did plug them in and use them. You know, folks are sitting in here in a powerhouse, sitting in here with a dynamic explosion, dying. You know why? They won't plug in. They won't plug in. Come on. Come on. How many of you think it's about time to quit sitting around using the old hack blade and it's time to plug in? Huh? He said, greater works you're going to do. You said, well, the works I've done, Brother Elder, sure ain't very great. Well, is that your testimony? <laughs> Come on. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. Quitters never win, and winners never quit. You know, they told old General Patton, surrender. You know what he said? Nuts. been fighting you for days. You are one slick desert fox. But you're nuts if you think I'm surrendering. Fact is, Rommel, if I had the food to feed my boys right now and the ammunition to drive them, it'd be bad news for you. And while he was just thinking about it, Stuff started falling out of the sky because the American allies made it through to him to resupply him. In two to three hours, his boys was well fed and his tanks were loaded and his guns were loaded and the Desert Fox had the meanest mess he ever got involved in. In fact, is it cost him his job. Patton stomped him to death when they was hollering surrender cause quitters never win and winners never quit the greatest people you ever read about in all of history at one time in their life was whipped but when they was whipped they didn't know they was whipped they wouldn't act like they was whipped they wouldn't think they was whipped. They kept right on going. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to make you do greater things than I've done. I don't know if you'll get all this on tape or not. I'm starting to feel good. I might preach till 3 o'clock. I can see some of you all ready for church to be over, but I'm not. Hallelujah. Read. Preach. You got my name. This is part of the preparation. Read on. Read. I might do it. Huh? Huh? 
If you ask in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. Come on. Read. Oh, we better go over that pretty fast before I get off on something else. Read. Uh huh. Whoa, now we're getting into something. Wait a minute. And I will pray to the Father, and he'll give you a comforter. How many of you glad for the comforter? Huh? Read. Read. How long are we going to have the Holy Ghost? For a year. For six months. For a day or two. That might be how long some folks is going to have it, but I'm telling you how long I'm going to have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have the Holy Ghost forever. If mama don't come, I have to leave mama behind. If the wife don't come, I just have to leave her behind. If the kids ain't going, I just have to leave them behind because I've got my mind made up. I'm going on, on and on and on. How far, Brother Elder, till I hear him say, well done. Till I hear him say, you did a good job. You fought the fight. You kept the faith. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost forever. Read. Oh, how many of you want truth? You ain't going to have no truth without the Holy Ghost. That's the truth. The spirit of truth. Did you ever have the Holy Ghost check you when you told a lie? Did you ever have the Holy Ghost check you when you start to take something don't belong to you? You know why? It's the spirit of truth. I said it's the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost won't let you steal. The Holy Ghost won't let you lie. Say, but I lied anyhow, but you had to repent of it for the Holy Ghost felt good, didn't you? Huh? Come on. Come on now. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what do you do if you lie? You quit lying. You start paying attention to the Holy Ghost. It says, don't lie. <laughs> and when you lie, it don't feel good. And the only way it's going to feel good is when you get down and repent over it. And say, I won't do it no more. What is it? It's the spirit of truth. How many of you want the spirit of truth living in you? Dwelling in you? Come on. I want the spirit of truth in me. You know why people are in prison today? Because they couldn't live right. And their mind couldn't take it. You know why they're in a mental institution? Because they couldn't live right and their mind couldn't take it. You know why they're in a hospital today? It's because they won't live right and their mind is messing up. And I read a doctor's report that if you could straighten up people's mental thinking, you could get their body straightened up. My, I got the psychiatrist. No, 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 no. Praise God, I ain't never been to a psychiatrist. Hallelujah. I know folks that's trying to get me there, but. But I've got a chiropractor that I go see every once in a while whenever my wife gets affluent. Praise God. And he play up and down your spine. Yeah, what's what, and it does 
It does. I see. Uh, what is that? He said, them's all nerves hooked into your spinal cord. Guess where your spinal cord goes to? Guess what? If your brain gets messed up and the nerves to your stomach, guess what kind of problem you got? If your brain's all messed up and it goes to your leg, guess what's all messed up? But when you get your mind straightened up, guess what gets well? How many of you need the spirit of truth walking around in you? How many of you need the Holy Ghost, huh? Praise God. Praise God. I want the spirit of truth in me. Cause me to repent, okay? Hallelujah. Cause me to line up to the word of God. Amen. I like to go to bed and sleep at night. Amen. Praise God. Have my mind clean and my heart clean. Spirit of truth. What are you talking about, Brother Elder? I got off of the Godhead now, didn't I? Not really. Because if you're not on the Godhead, you're not on this. This is the way that was prepared. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. Read verse 20. Praise God. In that day, the day the Holy Ghost comes, you shall know that I'm in my Father and the Father in me and I in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Huh? What you talking about? The Holy Ghost. Well, we got plumb off the Godhead now. Did we? Did we? What's the new will of it? The, now, let, I want you to hear me right now if you ain't heard anything I said. The new will of it is, is this. I was God of the Old Testament, but now I'm God in the New Testament, and the God in the New Testament is not only Christ, but it's me in you, the hope of glory. How many of you want Christ in you, the hope of glory this morning? said I'm going to be the father's in me and I'm in the father but I'm going to be in you Amen. I'm going to be in you I mean this is already clear Philip this is already clear look and for my work's sake you know that I'm God so the father's in me and you know that I'm in me and you know I'm in the father or I couldn't do these things but look I'm going to be in you And greater works than I've done, you're going to do. Read verse 24. Verse 26. But the comforter, which is what? But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Whom God's going to send in Jesus' name. Read. He shall teach you all things. Whatsoever. Yeah, he's going to teach you all things. What's, he's going to teach you that I'm God. He's going to reveal to you I'm God. He's going to reveal to you I'm your healer. He's going to reveal to you I'm your hope. He's going to reveal to you I'm your power. He's going to reveal to you I'm your strength. He's going to reveal to you that without me, you can do nothing 
Now, when you walk around in here, you look at the way we dress all you want to. But you remember one thing. We appreciate you here trying to do good. We appreciate you here trying to measure up to the line, the word of God. Because that's how we got in it too. But you remember one thing. You've got to know our God like we know him. You've got to know our God like we know him. I don't just shout on Sunday night because God got me off of cigarettes. Man, I'm telling you something. I've been off of cigarettes for so long, the only time I ever know what, how bad they are is when some dude comes along, blows it in my face, and I choke and gag for 13 minutes. I've been off of beer for so long that I, even if I smell the stuff, I can't tell you what it tastes like. I've been off of whiskey for so long. The only thing I can tell you is I'm glad. You ever drink whiskey, you don't forget what it's like. It's a hard taste. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not praising God and running the aisles tonight. If you see Brother Elder run the aisles tonight, you remember one thing. It ain't because he got me off of whiskey. It isn't because he got me off of cigarettes. It, it, it ain't going to be because he got me. That's good if that's what you're shouting about. That's good because, you see, you got to have a, an experience with God, too. I walked in yesterday on the bus deal, and old Jim looked at me and said, well, what do you think of that band? And really, I like it. I really do like it. And uh, and uh, he's got that world on there, and I guess he thinks, Paul, we're supposed to have him paint a flame on that thing and put the Holy Ghost somehow or another on. He said, I can't figure this Holy Ghost out. <laughs> he was talking about the van. I said, buddy, you mark this down real good. You understand this. He said, what's that, sir? I said, you ain't never going to figure the Holy Ghost out. Do you understand that? He backed up and looked at me. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got an engineering degree. I can figure out anything. I said, I don't care what kind of degree you got. You ain't figuring this out. Do you understand that? He backed up and looked at me, and his wife was sitting in there, and her eyes was real big. I said, the only way you ever know anything about the Holy Ghost is when you get it and you experience it. That's the only way you ever find out anything. You understand that? He's talking about painting a flame on the van, but I was thinking about something else. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. I wish we'd get excited. You catch me running the house tonight, you remember this. Man, I'm excited about Jesus. I'm, I'm so excited that I know who the Father is. I'm so excited I know who the Son is. I'm so excited I know who the Holy Ghost is. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited I know that he's my healer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so excited I know where my strength comes from. 
Come on now. Praise God for each one's experience with God and what they're so thankful for. Hey, you gotta be thankful for it. But let me tell you something, honey. I've been walking down this road for a while. I've been walking hand in hand with the man. <laughs> I love his book and I love his word. I'm gonna tell you something. I told Brother Charles coming back this morning after we was as some of you say, well, where was you at during prayer meeting this morning? Out praying for the sick. I was praying. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I told Brother Charles we'd come back for praying for someone. I said, you know, son, folks say it's so hard to live for God. But I said, you know, it's really not hard to live for God. The way of the transgressor is what's really hard. It's hard to be a sinner and live in the world. Oh, I'm so glad that God got me out of that mess. The only thing about living for God is, is you got to love him. <laughs> you got to be thankful. You see, if you're not thankful and you don't love, if you're not thankful and you don't love, then it must be awful to have to do that. But you see, when God asks me to do something, it's not awful because I'm his servant and I like to work for him. Hallelujah. Just talk to me, God, and use me, God. And spend me, God. Wonder how many of you God want? Oh, oh, better not ask that question. Might be some folks lying church. You want God to spend you? Then when He comes to spend you, you better not tell Him of all the other things you've got to do. Hello. Whew. I like that song. I wish I knew that song. I don't even remember who who sings it. I'm so excited. Praise God. I'm so excited. What are you excited about, Brother Elder? Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus. I walked by the cancers. I said, oh, God, I'm so thankful. I walked by the brokenhearted, and I say, oh, God, I'm so thankful. I walked by the divorced man that don't have anything in the world to live for, and he's and so confused, and I say, oh, God, I'm so thankful. Hallelujah. Amen. I walked by the sinner, and he's down and out and ain't got anything good to say to you, and he's just standing there cursing his God, the only thing in the world that could help him. And I walk away, and I look at that situation, and I say, I'm thankful, God. I'm excited this morning, folks. I'm sorry, but I'm excited. Look at me. There go I, but for the grace of God, but because he put this marvelous revelation in me this morning. I'm standing on the rock. Hallelujah. I'm raising up holy hands. I'm saying, hallelujah. And when I say it, I feel something all over me. Praise God. I'm the most fortunate, luckiest human being in the world that I found the truth this morning. I stand and worship him. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm excited about Jesus. And I'm excited about the truth this morning. 